Are you happy? Hallelujah. Well, you've got good reason to be. God is very for you and he is in love with you. And I want to encourage you today that the Holy Spirit wants to really just reinforce your hope. I believe that the Spirit of God is just moving so powerfully right now. And he is looking for people who will simply begin to open up and believe on the Lord Jesus. We did see some amazing miracles. It was, I, I think I did 17 meetings in eight days in Korea and Japan um, at Wagner Leadership Institute. Um, and uh, had the opportunity to be training pastors and leaders, which I really love to be able to do uh, because they'll go out and take the message. And particularly, I think the message of righteousness and identity um, was really, uh, I think, very needed, particularly in Japan. Yes, Mizue. And um, they just responded. The people getting saved, they're crying, and the Holy Spirit just touching their hearts made my, just blessed me. We only had, I think, one or two open meetings, and what the Lord did there was just amazing. And we saw probably at least four completely deaf ears open. Um, most of those happened without anybody even praying for them, it just was happening in their seats. Or um, one lady came out for prayer for her elbow and um, while she was on the floor, she put her hand on her ear and her ear, deaf ear popped open. And uh, so we saw four or five, four or five of those and, and people with back issues. One lady that had been for 10 years with a, a crack in her spine uh, was instantly healed and just many, many wonderful, wonderful miracles. So there is nothing that God can't do. And to hear the testimonies, to see him over and over again, just touching people. I, I think the first night in Japan, it felt like there uh, just a gift of faith descended in the room. And everyone I prayed for got healed. It was just, it was an amazing, amazing thing. And I believe more and more as we start to get a hold of the revelation of who God is and what it means to be joined in union to him, we are going to see an incredible acceleration. So we are making preparation to get the word out far and wide. Hallelujah. You'll see the stage has been done up. Um, these guys are uh, Murray and Josh and Dylan. They put 14 hours, I think, into it on Thursday. Well done, guys. And, um, and we are actually, you're going to see, yes, give them a hand. We're so appreciative. And everybody else that helped. I know I wasn't here, but, um, and you, we're going to have a screen's going to come. Um, up here too, because we're getting ready to um, shoot a series of six programs that we're going to do uh, later in August, because uh, uh, to to uh, make available to some of the bigger networks uh, for television around the world, so we can get this message out and going. So we'd really appreciate your prayers. Um, it, full steam ahead. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit is on us, his favor is on us to preach the gospel, to preach the good news and see people come to Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, are you ready for the word? I love the Bible. Oh, I get so much joy. I hope that every day you find pleasure and joy in being able to have a little set aside time where you can open up your Bible and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Now, if you're having trouble hearing the voice of God, all you have to do is open up the Bible and he'll speak to you because he is the word. He's alive. His word's alive and he wants to minister to you. And he's got daily bread every day for you. And um, I've been 
enjoying, I, as most of you know, I've been going through Romans and I'm still going very slowly through Romans, looking at each verse in as many different translations as I can find and studying it out in the Strongs and the Thayers and the dictionary and, and just really absorbing and wanting to let uh, the application of what this magnificent truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what it means for us in a practical way. Because I believe that he wants it to be more than head knowledge. He wants us to really fully enjoy the joy of our salvation, to live in it, to know it, and to just uh, fully lay hold of all that Christ has laid hold of for us in that we begin to recognize what we have. Hallelujah. I am... Um, I have a, a MacBook computer, a little MacBook computer, and I've written now three books, hallelujah, on this computer. And um, a little while ago, I think um, Tom was showing me something on, uh, did so, he had to do something, fix something for me on the computer, and he did this little shortcut. And I went, what did you just do? He said, oh, you just do this. I thought, if I'd known that three books ago, <laughs> that would have made my life a whole lot easier. And my computer is, cap is, is capable of doing so many things that I didn't know it was capable of doing. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? As a, as a new creation in Christ, you are capable of so much more than you've realized. You, are, you have so much more access and so much more available to you than you've ever understood. You can walk around looking great with this little Apple computer, but if you don't know how to use it, you're missing out. And I believe that as we study the Word of God, as we allow the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, He wants us to discover the truth of what's available to us, hallelujah, so that we can live and reign in life as, as the righteousness of God, as people who are called to do the works of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, well, we're going to have a look. Let's start one of my favorite scriptures, 1 John chapter 3. Who likes 1 John? 2nd, 3rd John, I tell you what, if you oh, just have it for dessert. It's delicious. First John chapter three, uh, verse 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Hallelujah. You missed a praise opportunity right there. Let me just, oh, Andrew and Beck. Hello. So wonderful to have you in the house. Hallelujah. <laughs> I saw your smiling face. All right. 1 John 3.20, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Hallelujah. Hooray. <laughs> Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as He gave His commandment. So what He's saying is if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence 
before God. We can come to Him boldly. We have confidence toward God because we believe on the Lord Jesus. He's saying, if your heart doesn't condemn you, you can have confidence toward God and whatever you ask, you'll receive. And, and so he goes on and he says, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. So some people would say, okay, yeah, hang on, there's the catch. I don't get everything I ask because I don't keep all His commandments. But that's not actually what this scripture is saying. It's saying here, we are, we are, whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And then He tells us what the commandments are that we keep. And this is His commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. That's it. That's it. That we would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that out of that love relationship, that, that we would let His love flow out, that we might be uh, an expression of His love everywhere we go. And if you will do this, if you will simply obey this commandment, that you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You would believe and understand what it means to have become born again, saved, a new creation in Christ. If you would believe that He is the Saviour who takes away the sin of the world, He is the Saviour that has been qualified to make you new. When you know this, when you believe it, when you so allow yourself to be wrapped up in the revelation of His truth, that the truth sets you free, that you begin to walk as one who just believes. You will overflow with love and whatever you ask, you'll receive. This isn't a future promise. This is something that is available for you. This is better than a shortcut on the computer. <laughs> this is exceptionally exciting. Hallelujah. It's available to us and it's glorious and it's not something you have to try and figure out, how do I get into that space? It's simply humbling yourself like a little child and coming into the, the place of only believe, only believe, all things are possible, only believe. You think, how could it be that simple? Well, it is. That's why they say that Jesus was a stumbling stone, a rock of offence, because it's like, hang on, what about all our laws? What about all our things? What about this and this and this? And No, it means that tax collectors and sinners, if they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, could suddenly have access to the kingdom. They could suddenly have access to this promise that whatever they ask, ah, oh, because we become new. Old things are passed away. And behold, we become new when we believe on the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 3. This is a very interesting book as well. Now, Paul's rebuking the Galatians. I encourage you to read through Galatians 2 as well. It's just um, wonderful. But it's the message of the gospel, just clear, simple truth. And Paul's getting a bit frustrated because uh, he actually rebuked Peter because Peter started to get influenced by um, 
people who were saying, but no, no, they need to be circumcised. They need to keep the, this law. They have, to keep, they have to do this. They have to do that. And Paul confronted him and rebuked him. Uh, you can read about that in chapter 2. There's this little preview there if you're interested. Hallelujah. Chapter 3, he comes out and he says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it's written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. I'm skipping through to Galatians uh, 3 verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you, of you as were baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. Isn't that good stuff? This is the gospel. We are not required to try and perfect ourselves by our efforts and our doing. We are justified by faith. Hallelujah. We're in the 500 year anniversary of the Reformation, the revelation of justification by faith that Martin Luther had. But I believe that there is a supernatural outpouring of revelation with regard to what it means, what it looks like to actually live this out, to be the righteous who live deliberately every day in faith in what God has done. It's faith in His works. It's faith in His righteousness. It's faith in Him as the Son of God, the Saviour. If you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, remember, you can have whatever you ask. 
This is describing what it is to believe on Him. It's, it's not getting caught up in your own self-efforts. It's simply believing that you were qualified and that I have been born again by having faith on the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. By the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So we'll flip over to Romans chapter 6 because I can't stay awake. I'm there, so so are you. Hallelujah. What shall we say then? Verse one. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Or or do you not know that as many of us as were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? Who's been baptised? Oh, very good. This is for you. I'll read it again, just in case you weren't fully engaged. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Say was. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. This is the gospel. That we would agree with God. That we would remind ourselves of the truth of what we look like. If any man's a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's because he's like a man who looked in the mirror and forgot what he looked like. God wants you to remember what you look like. Thank you, God. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Galatians 2.20. Ha ha. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. God wants us to reckon ourselves dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Agreeing with him. But if you look at this um, verse in verse 5. We have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that our old man was crucified with him. This word united is what's been really sticking out to me recently. What does it mean to be united with Christ in his death, his burial, and his resurrection? Because that's what's happened When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe in your heart that he rose from the dead. You will be saved. Hallelujah. If you have believed on the Lord Jesus, believed that he is the Son of God, that he was crucified and that through faith you are crucified with him, 
that by, by coming to Him and exchanging your sin, your mess, your old identity, and receiving in faith His identity, His righteousness, we become new creations. We become the bride of Christ. But this word united with, when you look at it in, um, you look it up in the Strongs and you look it up in, in, in different um, uh, concordances and, and have a look and study out the word. It, sa- it says united with, united to, union, conate, companionship. But if you look up the word conate, which is what, what comes up most um, with regard to that word, The word conate in the dictionary means existing in a person or thing from birth or origin, associated in birth or origin, firmly united, fused, allied or agreeing in nature. It's all about being, existing in in a person from birth. Conate, that's what this word united with him is actually meaning. You're not... You're not just technically joined to him. You have been united in him. You have been joined to him from your new birth. Just bang, it's happened. You are new. You've become a new creation in Christ. You were crucified with him. And when you were, it was this conate uniting with him where you two are now no longer two separate ones, but you are now one with him. They call us the body of Christ. If you have a look at your body, it's very connected to your head. (laughs) He's the head. We're the body. We're not people out here who've agreed with him, but we remain separate, yet somehow technically we're together. No, we are actually literally One, united with him. We have been joined from birth, connected to him. United with him in his death. You were crucified. I was crucified. Was, was, were, were. It's all past tense. It happened. It happened when you put your faith in Jesus. You were crucified with him. Hallelujah. You were buried with him in baptism, and you've been raised up with him in newness of life. You're now seated with him in heavenly places. That means you're not, you're not you sitting here in Brisbane and God's somewhere else up in heaven. You are actually already now, supernaturally, you have been uh, translated to heavenly places where you are seated with him. Hallelujah. You aren't separated from heaven. You're not separated from him. You are actually united with him. Now, when you walk around, you're not somebody, you know, trying to have relationship with God. You are in a union with him that goes beyond your capacity to understand. This word conate, as I've been looking at it and thinking about it more and more, and... and, um, It's an amazing thing to be born with him, to be born in him, to be part of him, to be existing in him from birth, to be fused with him. Then what does that actually mean for us on a day-to-day basis? 
We can technically know this. We can say, yes, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but Christ who lives in me. You can say, uh, you know, my old man has, has died with him. I reckon myself dead. You can get all your theology correct and line it all up. But God wants to take it from your head to your heart and bring it out into your daily application. What does it look like? If you actually are united, united to the place that you've been born from the moment you've been born again, if you start to remind yourself and come into the revelation that you are one with him, you'll walk differently, you'll talk differently, you'll pray differently, you'll minister differently. I was praying one of my favorite apostolic prayers, Ephesians 1 today, and you know, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, enlightening the eyes of my understanding in the knowledge of you, and realizing in a fresh way that as I'm asking this, I'm not someone outside asking for him to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, but I'm in him and all I'm doing is simply accessing through prayer by faith what I already have because I have the mind of Christ. So when I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, I'm not hoping that my prayers will be effective. I'm simply basically just opening up what's available to me. It's, it's you know, to use the computer analogy, it's a bit crude, but to, you know, if I'm, I'm just using the, the, the shortcuts on the computer, I'm not going somewhere else to get it. I don't have to try really hard. In fact, it's easier. As I come into revelation, I want to ask, oh God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Enlighten my eyes. I want to know more. I want to have more wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. He's like, yep, okay, fantastic. Just open that one up. You can open up that app there. <laughs> you know, in the, in the kingdom, when you know you are united, this idea of asking whatever you will is, is not something that's some high, hopeful thing that one day you'll attain that place of faith. It's, it's different. The paradigm is different because you know, okay, all I, I have, as I ask, I'm not asking as someone outside. I'm just simply accessing the kingdom that's already been yeah. given to me because I am no longer me, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah. It's quite exciting. <laughs> when you start to recognize this idea of union, you know, I'm not preaching anything new. You, if you've been in Sunday school, you can quote Galatians 2.20. You can, you can quote, probably, hopefully, if you went to our Sunday school, hallelujah. <laughs> you can me memorize and quote a lot of these scriptures. And you can know them and you can agree with them. You can believe it. And that's great. And I'm taking nothing away from that. And I love to memorize scripture. I think it's powerful. But it's more than knowing cognitively what's going on. God wants us to truly take it, meditate on it to the point of thinking about what does it look like? What does that truth look like for me? For me, it means that when I come to worship, I'm not Catherine trying to get a breakthrough, trying to have an encounter with God. I'm here in the glory already and I can just access by faith <gasps> a fresh encounter. 
because I'm not, I'm not hoping that, you know, that the music's going to be all just the way I want it and, you know, everything's going to work out so that I, hopefully that, you know, if I, if I can concentrate and focus enough, I can somehow have some sort of experience with God. I, I, I can worship by faith now, knowing that as I come to him and say, Lord, I want to I give you perfect praise. I want to worship you. I want to honour you. I want to know you more. I want the eyes of my understanding enlightened in the knowledge of you. I'm not asking as someone that's hoping that they might get an answer. I'm simply uh, saying a prayer in faith, knowing that I'll have what I ask right now. I'll thank you very much. We'll have that. Hallelujah. We begin to thank God, here I am to worship. <laughs> Show me your glory. Oh, yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I want to see more. You won't want worship to end when you begin to understand what this is like. You won't be thinking about worship as a warm-up for something else. You'll realize, oh, this is awesome. It changes the way you pray for people too. Because it's not like, oh, if I can just get, you know, all the right thinking lined up, if I've got, you know, if I've fasted and prayed at the right times and I've done enough and I, you know, I've worked on whatever it is. If you can put all of that stuff aside and you come back to, what does it mean for me to have been united in his death, his burial and his resurrection? That same spirit that dwells, uh, that rose Christ from the dead now lives in me. As I become aware of what has happened, if I become aware of what it looks like to be in union, born, not, not achieving a state of somehow, achieving a state of nirvana or weird something, by my efforts or by my asceticism, I simply can come into a place of believing that Jesus, Jesus alone has, has made the way for me now to be completely born anew so that I am now joined with him from birth. We are fused together so that when I lay hands on the sick, I'm not hoping that my life has lined up enough to be able to get a bit of anointing flowing. As he is, so am I in this world. And faith now is not something I'm trying to have, but something that just lives inside of me. He's very good. This life is called the abundant life. Life. And life more abundant because it doesn't stop. It's unending. It's available. Yeah. You're not an, an orphan trying to get a few crumbs anymore. You're not someone hoping for, oh, if you could just give me, just, just answer that prayer, God. Or if you could just, uh, just a little bit of anointing. I know I'm, you know, I haven't earned it. I really, God's saying, hey, 
Let's deal with your lies that you're believing, that you're believing condemnation and it's clouding your capacity to just operate in the freedom that I've given you. You are free from sin. You are free from self, hallelujah. You are now uncondemned, not guilty. You are not covered in shame. You'd have, there's no reason for you to feel like you are separated from God when you have been born again. I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to have a fresh look at what salvation looks like. Because if we begin to understand salvation, the study of soteriology, you wanna go to Bible college, it's a plug, hallelujah. (laughs) Salvation theory is exceptionally exciting. It means It's no longer you, but Christ. It's very simple. But it's the enemy that would have us complicated. The enemy that would have us try and think that somehow it has something to do with us pulling ourselves into line with God. We can only be saved through faith. And salvation isn't some little you know, ticket to heaven. Salvation is so much more. You have been united with him in his death, his burial and his resurrection. You have been joined to him as one. Hallelujah. And if you will reckon yourself dead, agree with God, thank you, God, Thank you, God. What does it look like? If you take time every day just to, and this is what reckoning yourself dead looks like. Just every day saying, Lord, I'm just gonna take a moment to think about what does it look like for me to be in union with you, conate, born from the, from the time of my new birth to be united with you in your righteousness united with you in your death, burial, and resurrection. What does this look like? Holy Spirit, help me to to see it, to experience it, to really enjoy the joy of my salvation today. As you, can you feel, even as I've started to do that, I could feel the weights lifting off some people. The scripture says they shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. As you become intimately acquainted with this revelation, (sighs) you can breathe. You can breathe the atmosphere of heaven. You don't have to carry the weight of condemnation and the burden of fear and guilt and am I okay? Am I enough? Am I I adequate? None of those things are even relevant questions anymore because you're already in. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit wants to revive your heart with the simplicity of the gospel. To know the joy of your salvation. It is true joy because it has set you free from everything that you didn't like about yourself. Hallelujah. So any thought you now have about yourself that doesn't line up with who the lovely one is, is a lie. 
and needs to be exposed as such, taken captive and preached the truth to. God wants you to recognize you are no longer a sinner. If you wanna go down that path, Galatians talks very strongly about that. If you wanna go back to thinking that you're a sinner and go back onto a performance mentality, you'll be under a curse. That's what he says. Because if you embrace that way of thinking, you have missed out on the one way, which is Jesus Christ. The Father says, no man comes to me but by Jesus. It's only by faith in Jesus Christ that we are justified. Hallelujah. As we do that, as we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, as we believe what's happened to us, you're not going to walk around then um, not wanting to manifest the kingdom. If you truly take time to become aware of what's happened in this union with Him, as you become one with Him, your heart is, isn't going to want uh, to just to do the wrong thing. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You will manifest what you believe. If you believe you are the righteousness of God in Christ, it's not, it just doesn't even make sense to want to sin. Hallelujah. And if you do sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you. As you just say, Lord, that was the wrong thing. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. He is faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It doesn't change your identity. He wants you to know, I want you to believe you are now in union with me. You are clean. You're not under the old system of having to pay for stuff. I've already paid for you. Wake up. Awake to righteousness. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. Lord, we want to come into agreement with your nature. I thank you, Father, that you've said that we are existing in you from our birth or our origin, which is that we are in Christ as those who've been born again. Father, thank you for the revelation of your, your Son. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Because as we know you, will know the hope of our calling. We'll understand how we've been connected to you, how you value us, God, the riches that you, that you have in us, Lord, as your inheritance in the earth. And Lord, that we would know and experience, walk out and manifest the greatness of the power toward us who believe in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.